Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm Zachary Wolf, senior writer for CNN Politics. I'm in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, December 19th. If we are to survive as a nation of laws and democracy, this can never happen again. After interviewing over a thousand witnesses, pouring through thousands of documents, and holding several public hearings, the January 6th House Select Committee had its final public meeting today, marking the end of the panel's expansive probe into the riot and Trump's role in the violence. The committee voted to adopt its final report and refer former President Donald Trump to the Justice Department on four criminal charges for his role in the Capitol insurrection. The crimes the panel outlined are obstructing an official proceeding, defrauding the U.S. government, making false statements, and giving aid or comfort to an insurrection. Let's break down each one. First, obstructing an official proceeding. Here's how committee member Jamie Raskin justified the panel's decision. The whole purpose and obvious effect of Trump's scheme were to obstruct, influence, and impede this official proceeding, the central moment for the lawful transfer of power in the United States. The second federal criminal statute the panel thinks Trump and others violated is conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government. Our report describes in detail the actions of numerous co-conspirators who agreed with and participated in Trump's plan to impair, obstruct, and defeat the certification of President Biden's electoral victory. The committee named conservative lawyer John Eastman as one of the others who will be criminally referred to the Justice Department. The third referral is conspiracy to make a false statement to the federal government. The evidence clearly suggests that President Trump conspired with others to submit slates of fake electors to Congress and the National Archives. And lastly, the panel wants the DOJ to investigate whether Trump incited insurrection against the United States. An insurrection is a rebellion against the authority of the United States. The committee has developed significant evidence that President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transition of power under our Constitution. In addition, the report summary says that the committee believes there is, quote, sufficient evidence for a referral on two more statutes, but that the DOJ will need to do more investigation around those allegations to determine whether Trump's conduct violated those laws. Those statutes are conspiracy to impede or injure a federal officer and seditious conspiracy. This is happening as Trump is running for office again in 2024. Vice Chair Liz Cheney said he is not qualified to be president again. No man who would behave that way at that moment in time can ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. He is unfit for any office. Committee Chair Benny Thompson told CNN after the public meeting that he's convinced Trump will be charged by the DOJ and with the help of the panel's evidence. I have no doubt that once the investigation Uh, proceed and is concluded, if the evidence is as we presented it, I'm convinced the Justice Department uh, will charge former President Trump. Uh, No one, including a former president, is above the law. As I mentioned, Trump wasn't the only one the panel zoomed in on. 
It said four members of Congress are also being referred to the House Ethics Panel for not complying with the subpoenas. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy and Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. Jordan's office responded in a statement saying the ethics referrals are a, quote, partisan and political stunt. The committee spent about an hour summarizing their findings, revealing more evidence, and showing testimony that we hadn't seen in earlier hearings. The panel played a video laying out all of its allegations against Trump. The panel alleges Trump knew he lost the 2020 election and used testimony from the White House administration and campaign officials to back it up. The committee detailed how they believe Trump pressured state officials to overturn the election, including in Georgia, where Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has concluded there was no fraud. The panel shared evidence and testimony that they believe showcases how Trump pressured the Justice Department to overturn the election. It highlighted how Trump and his allies pressured then-Vice President Mike Pence to overturn the election and reminded viewers how dangerous the riot at the Capitol got for lawmakers, law enforcement officers, and Pence himself. They allege Trump summoned the mob, citing testimony from people who stormed the Capitol that day, some of whom were charged and sentenced for their actions. The committee pointed out that Trump's delayed action that day, while violence was unfolding on Capitol Hill, is essentially a dereliction of duty. They also revealed new testimony from people who were in Trump's orbit, including from Kellyanne Conway, who detailed a conversation she had with Trump on January 7th after the riot. Yeah, I don't think it was very long. I just said that was just a terrible day. I'm working on a, a long statement. I said, it's crazy. What did he say? Uh, no, these people are upset. They're very upset. The committee also spoke to Hope Hicks, the former Trump White House communications director. She said the former president didn't care about his own reputation as he tried to hold on to the presidency. He said something along the lines of, you know, nobody will care about my legacy if I lose. So that won't matter. Um, the only thing that matters is is winning. As of the recording of this podcast, we're still waiting on a response from Trump's team. My colleague Kristen Holmes reported earlier today that while Trump advisors and aides planned to watch the hearing, the former president was not. Trump's top advisors huddled multiple times since learning the committee would be issuing these criminal referrals. The team has been mired in disagreements amid the many investigations aimed at Trump. Some aides have said Trump was unbothered by the committee leading up to today's hearing, but he did spend the weekend making a flurry of disparaging posts on Truth Social about the committee, accusing them of, quote, illegally leaking confidential info and posting copies of tweets from the afternoon on January 6th, calling for protesters to be, quote, peaceful. So what's next? Republicans will have control of the next Congress starting January 3rd. We've already seen Congresswoman Liz Cheney lose her seat essentially because of her role in the committee. In fact, four committee members won't be in Congress next year. Now Republicans are preparing their own counteroffensive and plan to release their own report. That's going to focus on security failures at the Capitol complex instead of the former president's role in the riot. Republican leaders have also vowed to investigate the investigators. McCarthy, who may or may not become speaker, he wrote to the committee earlier this fall demanding that it preserve all of its records, even though he didn't comply with their subpoena. Another big question, what will the DOJ do? Remember, the committee can make referrals or strong suggestions about what to do, but it can't prosecute anyone. The committee's evidence may be more important to the DOJ than these referrals, particularly its thousands of hours of interview transcripts. 
the committee has held back most of its evidence so far. That's been frustrating to prosecutors and to people watching from the outside, I'll add, but that could change soon. The final report will be released to the public on Wednesday. Everybody is going to be interested to see full transcripts from all of these interviews that have been cut down for all the hearings we watched over the summer. Two years on, the Capitol insurrection continues to cast a shadow on American politics. This week, lawmakers are poised to push through a legislative response to January 6th. My colleague Manu Raju reported Congress could overhaul the Electoral Count Act from the 1800s, with sources on the Hill saying it would make it tougher to overturn a certified presidential election. I've covered some of the negotiations on that Electoral Count Act, and it's really interesting. It's bipartisan, which is really important given how the allegations of partisanship have really hamstrung this committee and its proceedings, it's interesting that underneath all of that, there were Republicans and Democrats coming together to clarify the antiquated law and make sure that another insurrection can't happen. The House has passed its own version, and now the Senate version could ultimately be included in a must-pass spending bill that lawmakers hope to get through before the end of the year. The January 6th committee made clear today that it sees the stakes as sky high. There's one factor I believe is most important in preventing another January 6th, accountability. I hope we lived up to our commitment to present the facts and let the facts speak for themselves. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.